In all of my work over the last year, no issue has concerned CEOs and leaders more than culture. That is the ability to attract, keep and inspire the people you need to make your business run. Why? There's the weariness that the pandemic has caused in everyone. There's the persistent flight of talent that has been called the great resignation. There's the inability to get the people you need during the global supply chain crisis. Each and every one of these issues has made it harder to be in business and to lead, whether you're an entrepreneur or a senior executive at a large corporation. And when you look at the numbers, it's staggering. According to the US Department of Labor's Bureau of Labor Statistics, the number of people that quit during any given month, it's called the quits rate, was 3% in November and December of 2021, while a record 4.53 million workers quit their jobs in March of 2022, beating the previous high of 4.51 million in November of 2021. This has left employers across every industry wondering how do they keep their employees from leaving. And that's where company culture comes in, that gravitational force on the strength of the values, beliefs, and behaviors of a company that makes people want to work for you and can even make you the employer of choice within your industry. Get culture right, and you can not only survive these challenging times, but thrive. Neglect it or get it wrong, and your workforce will feel less connected and your culture can get toxic, making a difficult time that much harder, especially when so many employees are working remotely. And let's look at that for a second. According to Upwork, 41.8% of the US workforce were working remotely nine months into the pandemic. Think about that. 41.8% of the US workforce. And by June this year, according to FlexJob, 51% reported that they find their new work-from-home arrangement more productive. What's more, Upwork predicts that 36.2 million US workers will be remote by 2025. And by 2028, 73% of all departments will have remote workers. So how do you build a resilient culture when so many of your employees are exhausted or working remotely? How do you answer their rising expectations to look after all aspects of their life, from health and well-being to work-life balance? And how do you listen to, engage with, and inspire them to co-create your company culture with you? As a business owner and leader myself, I know that no issue is more important today and for the distant future. And nothing is more important to your business growth than the company culture you build. From We First and Goal 17 Media, Welcome to Lead with We. I'm Simon Mannering, and today I'm joined by Karina Cortez, the Chief People Officer at Glassdoor, the worldwide leader on insights about jobs and companies. Built on the foundation of increasing workplace transparency, Glassdoor offers insights into the employee experience based on millions of company ratings and reviews, CEO approval ratings, salary reports and interview reviews, combined with the latest jobs. Unlike other career sites, all of this information is shared by those who know the company best, its employees. And we'll talk about how a company of any size can navigate the new expectations of employees even as the world changes around it. And how to address critical issues like employee health and wellness and remote work and culture to better build your company. So Karina, welcome to Lead With We. Thank you so much, Simon. I'm really excited to be here today with you and Lead With We. I am so excited to talk to you, Karina, because if as I go about what I do at We First and and you know sharing the lead with We Thinking, I talk to lots of CEOs, lots of companies, and the first thing they bring up is how to find the talent they need, 
how to engage those employees to get the most out of them, how to keep those employees and how to sort of minimize churn and all the issues that go with building and growing a company. So it's really, really top of mind. Why do you think it's just really risen to the forefront? Why is it popped in this way? Certainly. I think that the last couple of years more than ever has just amplified the need to really focus on employees, transparency, engagement, and culture in the workplace. I have a 20 plus year career history in human resources. And I would just say the past two years has really just accelerated and amplified the need now more than ever to focus in on these aspects of the employee life cycle at an organization. And I, and I know, you know, you've had a long career in HR and so on, so you've seen it evolve. But in your opinion, would you say it's fair that things were unbalanced before and they were skewed towards the employer over the employee and a lot of the shakeout over the last couple of years was long overdue? Or do you feel like it's a little bit unbalanced right now? So what I think is our long gone are the days that there is the loyalty to a company. What we see now, generally speaking, is most people are staying at a company for probably about three years or so. I can speak to that. It's about the case that we have here at Glassdoor currently. And in addition, it's been called a lot of different things, but I, I've kind of hung on to the term of the great job hop. That's happening right now as well. I think that with the past couple of years and this setting that we were most people were working remotely, working from home, this hybrid work environment, it's just really changed what's important to employees in a focus that we need to really be listening to them now more than ever as to what is important to them from a company culture. In my mind, I still think it's a bit of a technology has enabled that. It really wasn't possible to do that effectively before. So that was a permission slip. But I think for the last couple of years, and we're talking about COVID here, especially, it did make everyone sit back and say, what am I doing with my life? And what do I prioritize in terms of family, what the shape of my life looks like, and what is the role of work within that? Do you think this is a, a permanent reset? Is this a sort of watershed moment that no one saw coming? So I think that people's values are becoming more and more critical to what's important to them in the work environment. Finding a company that's really aligned to their values, whether that's about um, what they're doing as it relates to any social issues that are happening from an environmental perspective, just making sure that companies are really in line with their own personal values and beliefs. And there's a lot more forums for people to provide employees to pro provide that feedback. Obviously, Glassdoor is a place where people can write a review. In fact, what we find is people look at about five reviews before they join a company, at least when they're, when they're considering their, their next job opportunity. They're also leveraging things like Fishbowl, uh, which is a part of Glassdoor as well, which is a platform where people can speak freely about what's happening, have a conversation, ask the hard question and get a good answer back for it. And so with that full transparency, which I think is absolutely the right place to be, there's just a lot more freedom in terms of what people have available to them before considering a move or to join a next company. And, and the transparency piece is huge, as you say, and Fishbowl allows you to convene your employees and have those hard discussions or just be open with each other, but with the privacy of the company and so on. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think it serves employees to jump around as much as they are now, or do you think that it's a sort of like the pendulum has swung one way and it's going to swing back the other way because I've, I see just as many stories out there where people are talking about, well, they jump ship for a little bit more money or just for a change because they weren't happy at that moment in time and then they regret it and want to come back. I mean, where do you see that pendulum? So one, one of the great things about Glassdoor is our mission, which is to help people everywhere find a job and company that they love. And I think people should be where they feel loved with the company and with the role itself. 
And one of the personal things that I take to heart is, can I give the person the best career experience while they're here at Glassdoor? What can I do for them from a career development perspective? Do they have access to senior leadership? So in the event that someone does leave and say, hey, I actually think I made a wrong decision or I've got an experience and I want to come back, can I get them back as a boomerang employee? And so personally, that's the mindset that I've taken. And I think we should really be focusing on giving that best experience to people with the culture that they love at the company they're at at the time so that they talk about how great the company is after they left. And so to answer your question more specifically, I don't know that it's actually going to stop. I think there's a lot more freedom now. People have these different sites available to them to take a look at jobs and opportunities and what's the culture really like. I think people want to experiment and figure out what's right for them as their career progresses. And, you know, speaking for myself, what was right for me when I was 21 years old and just out of college is very different to who I am now as a 40-something-year-old mother of teens and who's looking towards retirement. You know, so I think I think it's a fair statement to say people are going to look for different things at different parts of their career stage. Before we dive into the question of how a company leverages a platform like Glassdoor, help me answer one question. So many of the CEOs and the leadership folks that I've spoken to are like, it's so hard to find the people we need, whether it's line workers in a factory or whether it's in restaurants or in the corporate world, they just can't seem to find them. And so where did they go? Can you help us understand, like, where is everyone? Sure. Well, I think part of that is that really taking a hard look at your employee value proposition. And that's something that we've done here at Glassdoor is we wanted to make sure that we could get the right people for the right job at the right time and doing a really hard look at considering what we're going to give people for what they're giving to us and likewise what we're not going to give them as well and being very clear and deliberate about that. Oftentimes, I find there can be a mismatch in that what what causes people. You say one thing, I think it's that old story of you go out and it looks like you're on the golf course. And when you join the company, it's this bare, <laughs> bare room that you're, you're walking into. And just being very clear about the give and get in terms of uh, what the company has to offer. And so with that said, just being deliberate about that, making sure your cultures are there, that your value is there, that your transparency is there. That's what people are really looking for. And so can you take stock of that for your own organization to make it very, very clear what people are going to get and not get as they join your company? Now, that makes sense because I think to a lot of folks, depending on what industry you're in or what sort of role you play, sometimes it feel like it has been unfair. You didn't know what you were getting into. Mm -hmm. You didn't see the transparency. And so they're making a much more informed decision now as employees. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Glassdoor as a platform. Mm-hmm. We first and I, every company I know uses it. I mean, what is the purpose of the organization and what distinguishes you from other platforms? And I know you pointed to this with transparency, but like, what's the purpose of Glassdoor? Yeah. So again, we, we really want to make sure that people are able to find a job and company that they love. And that is just built on our, the reason we came to life, the glass door is transparent, right? And so radical transparency has always been at the heart of what this company stood for. And what we found is previously, before Glassdoor was around, is that you had what the company was telling you about their company available to you, but you never really got a good look as the person going into the company, the job seeker, a potential employee, What was it really like from people who were actually at the company? And so when Glassdoor first came on the scene, it was very disruptive. You had people leaving these reviews. Perhaps it was things you did or did not want to hear about as the employer. But at the same time, it gave you the opportunity to say, hey, as an employer, if this is what employees are telling me, I can actually do something about it. As a job seeker, 
is this in line with what I want to do? Is this where I want to be with the feedback that I'm hearing? And I would tell you that most of the reviews are actually very positive on Glassdoor and give people a true insight into that. And now today, I think the next disruption is Fishbowl, which we've touched on very briefly, which is a, a platform where people can engage in a conversation. And so you have your bowls, if you will. So for instance, there's a Glassdoor bowl itself where we can engage with only Glassdoor employees on that. But there's other areas, for instance, I'm in a human resources bowl, I'm in a women in executive leadership roles bowl, I'm in a women in tech bowl, where I can go to ask questions that are top of mind for me about, hey, I've experienced this issue in my workplace, what do you say? How do I deal with this? Or, hey, I just had this great idea, what do you all think about it? And you get just a lot of different insights than you would otherwise. And so, again, just transparency with both Glassdoor and Fishbowl has been amazing at opening up different avenues to employees and employers alike, job seekers as well, in terms of being very clear and, and getting that transparent information. And so, so help me if I'm a founder of a startup or I'm a leader in some large corporation, one of the challenges you experience today is it seems like we've got to be able to speak to every issue out there, whether it's gun control, same-sex marriage, you know, your right to love who you choose and so on. And for a long time, that was outside sort of the purview of business. And especially when there's tragedies that go up with so many different kinds around race and other things like that, does every employer need to be able to speak to these things? And where does that threshold sort of end? Because we're all a little scared, to be quite honest. You know, so Certainly. give us a sense of how to get the balance right. Yeah, and we've grappled with that here at Glassdoor within our uh, executive ranks and, and beyond, just in terms of, unfortunately, over the past two years in particular, so many different things have occurred, starting with obviously most uh, top of mind for folks is the pandemic, and then there was civil unrest and social injustices to, unfortunately, the, the recent events that have happened with the shootings recently in, in the United States. And could you actually respond to everything? I think what needs to happen and what we've done here at Glassdoor is to say, where are the opportunities for us to respond that make sense related to our own organization? What's important to our employees? And this is where transparency comes into play of, if you know what's on your employee mind, you know where those opportunities are for you to respond. We've talked about there are certain issues from um, a governance standpoint or a political standpoint that we will or will not respond to. And I think it's just having that conversation that's related to what's on your employees' minds as well to ensure you are responding to everything. To be frank, I think to try to respond to every single situation that occurs would be nearly impossible because so much happens on a day-to-day -day basis. But to get very clear about what's important to your company, your purpose, your mission, your vision, your values, leveraging things like Glassdoor and Fishbowl can be helpful to understand what's top of mind for your employees so that you know when and where you should step in on these types of things. I want to dig into this a bit because it's, as I said, when we started talking, it's almost like culture and employee engagement is top of mind now. All the issues out mm -hmm. there. What drives what? Does a company sit there and go, this is our purpose, our mission, our values, and here's the issues we'll speak to, and we preemptively define those and our point of view on it? Or does a company respond to whatever issues they that employees may bring up through a tool like Fishbowl, you've got to be ready for anything, or is it somewhere in between? I would say that it's it's almost like a conversation. You've got to treat it as both. And the other thing is that employees are looking at the actions that you take versus just what you say. So what's that say-do ratio, um, if you will? So we say these things are what's important to us, whether it might be our values, our mission, radical transparency. Do you actually live that internally? And so your employees are looking for you to walk that talk. So that's what I mean when I say that say-do ratio. 
And so I think that there is an element of employees are listening to you as executive leaders in the organization. What are you saying? But then how are you responding? Are you actually matching those things together? And likewise, you need to listen as executives to your employees to understand how is it actually impacting them. Even though we're saying we're doing these things, is that the impact it's having on the individual and making sure that you're actually meeting those things together, that there is a a melding of employees are actually feeling what we think we're saying we're doing. And if not, it's time to take that stock and revisit. And maybe you look at how, how you do things differently moving forward. Yeah, you have to be so sort of present to culture now. And I feel like in the past, you know, the presumption was for employees that you're lucky to have a job. Mm-hmm. Here's what you're getting paid. The culture is what it is. And it's really about marketing and moving product and profit at the end of the day. But it seems increasingly now it's your ability to even operate as a company is how well you can attract the talent you need, keep them happy and so on. So mm-hmm. Karina, what would you say, like if you were to give us three or four major trends that you're seeing in terms how, of how the most effective employers are responding to make sure that they navigate all of these issues that are coming their way on a daily basis. What are some of the trends that have emerged out of the last couple of years that you think are useful for everyone moving forward? Certainly. I think as it relates to to culture and making sure your employees are feeling connected to, to your company, what we see through our Glassdoor research are a few things. One is the accessibility and the openness of your senior leadership team. Are they there to listen to the employees? Are they sharing things transparently? With their employees across the organization. As our CEO likes to say, you know, people tend to do things in dark corners, not in broad daylight. And so is there an opportunity for you to shine a light on the things that are happening? And so people are really looking to senior leadership. So again, are you walking that talk? Are you making sure that you're living your values, um, mission, behaviors, et cetera? I think another area employers need to focus in on because employees are telling us this is career development. What are you giving employees to keep them engaged in the organization as they're looking at, you know, having a best career of their life? Are you able to provide that to them? How are you helping them with that? And I I jokingly say, so I'll belabor this point just a little bit, is I would love for people to poach Glassdoor employees, which may sound absolutely ridiculous as the head of people. You heard it here first. Glassdoor employees, (laughs) fair game, everybody. So, but, but what I mean by that is, can we give them the best career development experience of their life, whether it's through a formal training program, a hard problem that they're going to solve, the projects that they're working on, or the impact that they're able to make into the the world or the the organization itself, that they're going to take that with them no matter where they go. Because again, longer those days gone where people are staying at a company for 20 years, but can I give them that experience so that they're such a good brand ambassador and then they'll, they'll boomerang back. Another thing that employees are really looking towards nowadays too is what are you doing related to DE&I or um, corporate social responsibility? That's becoming more and more important to make sure that you're connected to that as well. So again, this goes back to the say-do ratio. If you say these things, are you actually doing something about it? And so for instance, we published our first uh, DEI transparency report a couple of years ago, and we had some very lofty goals, and we said the actions that we were going to take to make sure that we achieved those. We followed up last year with that report as well to show the progress that we made in certain areas and then some tweaks that we were making moving forward. And then we'll publish that again this year. And so again, you have to be consistent in that. You can't just declare something and walk away from that. Another thing I like to say is hope is not a strategy. You have to have a clear plan around these things and be very committed to making them happen. So I would say in short, senior leadership, the career development, and then a focus on DEI and or uh, corporate corporate social responsibility. 
It's a lot, even as a business owner myself, it feels like, oh my gosh, I've got so many things on my plate already. And now there's all of those different dimensions, but it's undeniable. There's nothing you can do. That's kind of the price of entry if you want to have a, a company that can survive today. Help me understand one of them a little bit more, which is you want to empower employees to have impact that's meaningful to them. And I think one of the tensions, especially around purposeful companies, is we got to, we've got to have a business. We've got to move product to make money. At the same time, we want to make a difference out there in the world. So when it comes to the employee themselves, is it about giving them volunteer opportunities or donation matching or R&D or innovation kind of opportunities that allow you to have greater impact? Or is it, you know, how do you balance the level you lean into supporting their impact work with just getting your job done and, and, and moving product? Certainly. And I think it just comes back to being able to listen to what your employees need and want. And so, for instance, at Glassdoor, we do offer a volunteer time off. That's very important to us to make an impact to the communities that we serve. And so we allow our employees up to three days off per year to, to go and, and volunteer for an organization of their choice. In addition, we have employee resource groups and they have a community aspect to that as well. And we make sure that's connected to the mission of Glassdoor, which is to help people find the jobs and company they love. So some of our employee resource groups have volunteered, for instance, our GAIN, which is our um, Asian employee resource group. They do something to help with reviewing scholarships for people who are trying to get into certain programs because that helps to get them into the, the workforce. Likewise, with um, Glassdoor's Black ERG, they do something similar with Girls Who Code, and they're trying to make sure that there's an impact that they're making to that community as well. So maybe to put it a different way is if you're not going to offer that to your employees, they're going to find somewhere else that, that does do that because it is important to them. So listening to what's important to your employee base is going to be the most critical versus just trying to copy what another organization is doing because it's not going to make sense uh, for your employee population. Totally get it. And, and I want to get even one more kind of wrinkle in there, which is not all employees are the same. In some companies that I speak to, you've got the more activist employee and then you've got those who are like, oh my gosh, you know, these other employees are too woke in inverted commas or the company is too woke or that's not why I'm here. When you've got an inherent tension inside an organization where there's a mixed motives within the employee base, which is very normal to be expected, especially if you've got thousands or tens of thousands of employees, how do you resolve that internally? So I think that's where this, I see the future of work going is more towards this human-centered design or employee-centered design. And look, this isn't to say that you're going to design around every single person in your organization, but rather, where is their choice? And I know as human beings, we value choice. What are the options that are available to us? So again, to go back to the example I provided about volunteer time off, you can do that or you don't have to. And you don't have to tell us what you're volunteering for either. So whether that might be, you know, for me as a, as a working parent, I might want to go volunteer on my kid's field trip for a day and, and I'm going to use that as a volunteer day off, or maybe I want, I'm really into gardening and I want to go help plant some vegetables for a homeless shelter in my area, I, I'm going to do that. And so it's just, again, offering the optionality to the employees and ensuring that they have the opportunity to take advantage of that, even though it may not be something that applies to each and every individual personally. Right. So they self-select how they want to get involved and so on. And I mean, we keep talking about the employees because I think it almost demonstrates how the center of gravity has moved to the interests of the employees for the reasons we said at the top. Um, health and wellness holistically, and especially mental health and wellness is huge. I got to put my hand up and say the last two or three years has been so damn challenging. The fear 
anxiety, um, stress that I felt as a business owner, as a father, as a friend for loved ones, myself, it's really, really hard. And I don't think I personally, and I don't think any of us have had time to process that properly and grieve or move on or integrate or whatever the right term is. So before we talk to effective health and wellness management, from your lens as somebody who really has so much experience in this area, how would you characterize where everybody is? Because every day we look at our phones, there's another scary headline that just kind of gets us adrenalized. You know, is it more demanding than ever? And where are we right now? Yeah, I can speak to to where I am and, and where Glassdoor is. I mean, unfortunately, we've had several tragedies through shootings over the past couple of weeks here in the United States. And I think this one that just occurred in Texas was very, very challenging for many. It was in an underrepresented group, a largely Latinx community. It involved many children of very young ages. Some teachers were impacted by this, obviously, as well, and it impacted their friends and family and you can't help but see yourself or someone you know in these situations. And what I think is that empathy is really, really important in these situations and not expecting people just to be able to carry on as normal. Are you able to offer some resources to your employees through employee resource groups, just giving them the time off to take care of things without question, providing some resources to them of networking for just someone to, to have a shoulder to lean on. Are your managers equipped just to say, hey, take the day off? I think there are some things that, that you know, we've done here at Glassdoor to, to help through these types of situations. And I think that's what our employees are expecting of, from us for sure. But do you have that network internally for, you, for your employees to, to grasp onto and be able to take advantage of as well and just being very empathetic to their needs? So how do we approach this, Karina? Is it formalizing protocols internally, which can be applied to any tragic situation, or is it just being adaptive and responsive in the moment? So I think the answer to that is it's a little bit of both. I can personally say over the past couple of years with everything that we've experienced, there's no playbook for a lot of these things, and we're having to be able to adapt and to change to that as, as we move along. Having said that, unfortunately, because of the volume of events and circumstances that have occurred, I think that, you know, I can say here at Glassdoor, we do have a little bit of a, a rubric or a decision-making framework that we go through to identify what we can and should do, what we have the ability to respond to in certain moments. And so I think that there is more and more of a playbook getting created as time goes on, but no situation is like the other. And so you do need to have that flexibility to be unique, to be responsive to the needs at that moment in time. And do you see companies showing up that way? Do you see them sort of getting a handle on this new expectation of them? Are they actually sort of responding in real time to these tragedies? I think that there's a mixed bag on that, like there is with anything else. And, you know, I think the worst thing you could do is to be performative in these types of situations. And that's where a lot of the feedback has come into play of, you know, you mentioned George Floyd when that happened and people, organizations put like the black square up for the day on the social media, but then nothing happened after that what action are you actually taking? So I think it goes back to, again, what I said about that say-do ratio. We're indicating we're doing these things, but are you actually doing something? Your employees are going to hold you accountable to that. So make sure that you are taking the action with anything you're saying you're going to do. And does Glassdoor, when it supports companies and provides this platform of transparency, does it provide services or guidance for, to help companies navigate all of these different issues? 
Absolutely. We have a great data and insights team, and we publish a lot of information about what we're seeing. We do a lot of surveys of individuals. We, we publish best practices. And so you can take a look on Glassdoor at various blog posts that we have. We have our economic research team that provides a lot of information as well. And it's all available for free. So you can go and access that to see what our other companies doing what's worked for them. But again, I guess my caution would be make sure it meets the needs of your organization. So just because someone else is doing it, make sure it's right for your organization and what's what your employees are telling you that they want want to see. Yeah. I mean, it just has to be authentic. I mean, it's just so self-evident, but it just bears repeating. It's easy for this to sound negative in as much as the, the, the employer has to help employees navigate these difficult situations. But have there been a lot of positives that have come out of this sort of rebalancing, this calibration towards the interests and health and well-being of the employee? And are you seeing companies becoming more resilient, more sticky, more productive, more positive? Are you seeing an uptick from this sort of shift? I think what we've we've noticed throughout this is the impact of community and how important that is. And you're seeing people relying on each other more than usual. I can say, you know, here at Glassdoor, what we've experienced, we've done these things called connection circles which have just been invaluable in that it provides an experience for people going through something to have a, a group of about eight to 10 employees come together, talk about what's top of mind. And now you've created this small network of individuals who might be in a variety of different locations. And so it's really, in some ways, made people more connected than they would have been if it was only in the office environment, for instance. I mean, you have this group then that you can, can talk about things over time. I think we're seeing more and more of a focus on mental well-being and the need for better mental health resources, which you've mentioned, but is very, very near and dear to my heart. It, it's kind of put a light on that, and, and companies do need to provide those types of resourcing to their employees in order for them to have a holistic view of their entire health. And so in that regard, if, if there is a silver lining to this, I think some of these things have been really valuable and positive. Yeah, I think the whole human being is finally being seen for the first time. And and I know that you've shared mental health challenges and struggles that you've had. Like what are we what's expected of us as leaders inside a company now? Because everything we do is a permission slip for everyone inside the organization in terms of how they show up, how they can be seen. And ultimately that affects how happy they are, how long they stay, how well they work and so on. So if you're a founder, a CEO, someone who's leading a company or a team, what's expected of us? Certainly. And again, to speak to my own experience, I had to get to a place where I felt comfortable sharing my own mental health story and journey. And I felt that it was really important to share that more broadly than even just to my Glassdoor employees. From the perspective of this is a real issue, it impacts people that you know, and we need to do better with our healthcare services that we're providing, with benefits that we're providing to make sure that we're giving a whole holistic view of health in, in the United States in particular, but globally as well. And having the ability to be vulnerable and share that is the only way that we're going to make change. I would tell you when I shared my, my article a couple of years ago, People have, in fact, if this week someone was mentioning to me that it helped them to have a conversation with their spouse about needing to get mental health care. And so to see that I've impacted, you know, one person's life, people in my neighborhood had seen the article as well and just shared with me, like, I had no idea you're going through that. And I just think it helps people to pause and understand there's more than what meets the eye and you're not actually seeing the whole individual. And so back to the conversation we're having about community being a little bit more compassionate and empathetic to people. Again, if, if that helped in some way, uh, shape or form by me sharing my story, that means the world to me. 
It does. I mean, you know, I was just having a conversation with my wife last night, just in terms of how we've got to commit time to quiet and stillness and time in nature and really actively manage our mental health mm-hmm. in the context of so many sort of things that kind of we read about every day that could bring you down and so on. And I think, yeah, I think it's a positive. Everyone's woken up to the fact that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. And more people than you know are feeling that way. And that's actually has a place in the workplace. I mean, an extension of all of this is really where you work from. I mean, we all like, remember at the beginning of 2020 and, you know, March, and it's like, oh my God, we've all got to go home. We've got to wear masks. And it felt like this was six weeks at the time or whatever it's going to be. And here we are now, we've all been sort of hybrid or remote for so long. I know Glassdoor has its work from anywhere policy. Can you tell me how that came about, why, and what insights drove you to decide what going to the office looks like now? Certainly, yes. I I can relive the day very well when we decided we were sending all Glassdoor employees home to work from home. I think very naively now, to your point, I thought it was going to be maybe three weeks and this thing was going to go away and we'd be back in the office. (laughs) You know, no worries whatsoever. Clearly that that was not the case. And so what we were able to see throughout this is, in fact, employees could work wherever they wanted. And we we did not experience a loss to our productivity. We actually found that we were just as productive before. And I think that was the big concern for many organizations and certainly Glassdoor as well as well, could you really have a customer service agent who's working remotely 100% of the time and no one's together in a room? And, and how could you, you get something done? How are you going to have collaboration? And gosh, you know, if people weren't gritty and resilient and figured this out, it's really changed the way that, that the workforce is constructed. And so with Glassdoor in the summer of 2020, actually, we came out with our work where you want policy because people were then mobile as well. Um, maybe, you know, we had people who were wanting to live with their parents because they wanted to take care of them or go to try and live somewhere, somewhere else because they had this opportunity now because they didn't need to be in the office. And so it was really important for us to put a program or policy around this so that we could share with employees hey, it is work where you want, and that's what this is what that means for Glassdoor. Even now with offices reopening, we recently started reopening our offices in April of this year. It's an option for people to go into the office. So for instance, someone like me, I like a little bit of a break from my home office and to have a place to travel to. I love to use my commute time to listen to a podcast or just kind of ease back from you know home to work or work to home, depending on the situation. And allowing individuals that optionality, we talked about choice before, it's critical and, and, and again, right for our workforce in terms of what they needed. And so it's been a very successful policy for us to allow and empower people to be able to work whenever they want, wherever they want. Now, I, I, I agree because I've been working from home for a couple of years like everybody else and everyone at the company has, but you feel like your, the circle of your life has shrunk. It's contracted. Yeah. It's got less dimensional. And you right. do like that change. And also, in my opinion, I think, it's a little bit more challenging to have a sticky organization if you don't have that physical face time where you actually get to relate to, to relate with each other. And the, the research that you've done, because one of the most popular conversations, whenever you meet a business owner or an executive is, are you in the office yet? What are the big tech companies doing? When are we going back? Are they back? Oh, no, have you, they've postponed it. Oh, no, you know, whatever it might be. What, what does the insights, the research tell you about the trends moving forward? 
Yeah. Well, what we've seen is that the research was showing us about 45% of people wanted to be in a hybrid fashion, meaning that they wanted the option to work remotely or they wanted the option to work in the office. And what we've seen here at Glassdoor specifically is that's actually been more about 10% of people coming in into the office. And so more people are wanting to work from home or have the luxury of working from home. Or I think another thing it might be telling us as well is there's still some of these variants out there, or right now, as of today, you have a little bit more of the spikes. And so people are a little bit more hesitant to convene in, in some larger settings. But to have the option, I think, is is really important. Unfortunately, we've seen other organizations that have mandated people go into the office, and then they're pulling back on that and changing that. Oh, policy. you have seen that pull it like mandating hasn't worked out, is it? We, we have seen that. And recently, we've seen Apple actually do that very visibly. They had a key executive that had left the organization. And then after that happened, they did pull back on the mandatory days in the office. But again, I would say it needs to be what's right for your organization and what's specific to your employees. Because I know that there we were talking about truck drivers or waitress staff. Obviously, there's some some jobs that just don't lend itself to that. Sure, but again, sure. if your employees are asking for that and you are able to provide for it, listen to what they're saying and, and try to meet their needs as best you can. So if we were to triangulate all of these different issues that Glassdoor is enabling us to do, which is to just manage outright with greater transparency, the hiring process and so on. And then like with tools like Fishbowl sort of convene really important and sensitive discussion groups around timely topics. And then, you know, the hybrid workplace and, and remote and in the office and so on. So give us a sense of from your line of sight, because you've got this unique point of view, what does the future of work look like? Not to put you on the spot, small question, right? But what, <laughs> what does question, the future yeah. of work look like? What is the calibration of all of these different elements? Yeah, I think this is one of those things we're going to be writing the playbook as we go. We actually have a future of work work stream <laughs> that that we have here at, at Glassdoor. And what we're really thinking through here is what's important in, in terms of having touch points for individuals to meet in person when they want to. And one of the decision points that we made is if anything is truly business related, we must have both and you want to do something in person, you must have a virtual component for that as well and make it meaningful for the employees that either cannot or just don't want to join in a physical setting, especially at this time. Whereas with social events, we have a different criteria of you don't have to have that virtual component, for instance. Are there events where you want people to be able to, to come into the office? For instance, last month was our fiscal year kickoff here at Glassdoor. And so we had all of our offices able to be open. We had executives at each of our office locations. We did our fiscal year kickoff. And that was an event for people to come into. And then we had following uh, things such as smaller team meetings or the happy hour that might have happened after that or a dinner or breakfast, depending on the location individuals were at but also thinking about what's gonna happen as it relates to promotion opportunity for individuals, because there is a feeling in, in some realms of thought, if you will, of the closer you are, if I see you every day, it's gonna make a difference in terms of that, that ability to be promoted. So how can then we train our managers on what you should really be looking for when you are doing a calibration or you're considering promotions? What is the criteria that we're going through? And so that we can be very objective about that in arming managers with the information that they need. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question that is so selfish, which is as of an employer, I've always wanted, wondered what is the best question to ask a potential candidate of all the questions we always ask. So, you know, what do you, uh, 
What do you think is the best question that you might ask? And also on the other side of the table, as a potential employee, what is the best question you could ask a potential employer with a view to finding the right fit? What would you say? With a view to finding the right fit. I don't know if there's a really like one question to ask, to be frank with you. And I really think it's having a lot of different data points available to you. So again, as I mentioned before, leveraging Glassdoor is a great way to find information about an organization. And so if you see something in the review that you've just looked at, you might want to ask a question about that. So for instance, if you're seeing that you're trying to get in a software engineer role and a lot of the software engineers are talking about you know, the tools that they may or may not have at their disposal, dig in a little bit on that to, <laughs> to find out more from the employer about that. I think it's really personal and people need to, to ask those questions to make an informed decision about the choices that they're making. And I think the other question you asked was about from an employer, is there one question that you want to ask your employees? I always like to understand why they're thinking of joining the organization. Like, what was it that that drew you to the company? And so just hearing the, the explanation the person provides, digging a little bit deeper into that, just to make sure, again, that there is a good fit. Because, again, I think it's an interview on both sides as to are you the right fit for our organization, but they're also assessing you on that as well. And so to try to, again, go back to that employee value proposition, the give and the get, making sure that th those things are in alignment is really important for me. So why are you optimistic, Karina? Because it feels like the HR glass or culture discussion is now front and center. Mm -hmm. And there's a better calibration between employers and employees. And there's more challenges, but it's forcing us to be more adaptive and responsive to our employee base. Like, why are you optimistic about the future of the workplace? Are there things that you sort of get excited about? Absolutely. I think that through transparency, people are sharing information more freely. And so in the spirit of being able to hire the right person at the right time, there's a lot more opportunity for that moving forward because people are very transparent about how they're feeling and employers have the opportunity to respond to that in an appropriate way based upon, again, what their employees are telling them that they're hearing. I think that it's just a jungle gym of opportunities for an HR practitioner to be able to get in and say, here are the things that we should be doing. You have real hard data at your disposal with all of the information that that people are sharing with you and doing something with it is just so critically important. I think things like the employee engagement, what you do as a result of any surveys that you do about pulsing your employees about how they're feeling about engagement itself, listening to feedback you're hearing in your exit interviews, it's so ripe with information. Kind of triangulate that with the information you see on a fishbowl or a glass door. You have everything available to you to really meet the needs of your employees and to make the, the changes necessary in your organization, which you know I think that the HR organization is front and center at. I, I couldn't agree more. I think those in HR or chief people offices are now the storytellers of the brand. They're the business builders of the company. They can really affect the health and well-being of employees. And Karina, I want to say thank you for sharing the insights and also for what Glassdoor is doing, because I think that transparency has really shifted the balance in the right way to better serve employees. So they can really make informed decisions for their own future. And it forces employers to level up their game and that only helps their business ultimately as well. So thank you so much for the time and the insights today. Absolutely. It was a pleasure spending time with you, Simon. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Lead with We. Our show is produced by Goal 17 Media. And you can always find more information about our guests in the show notes of each episode. Make sure you follow Lead with We on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. If you really love the show, share it with your friends and colleagues. 
You can also watch our episodes on YouTube at We First TV. And if you're looking to go even deeper into the world of purposeful business, check out my new book and Wall Street Journal bestseller, Lead with We, which is available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Google Books. See you again soon. And until then, let's all lead with we.